0: Welcome to Behavioral Groups, the podcast that explores our human condition. I'm Kurt
1: Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. We talk with researchers and other interesting people to unlock the mysteries of our human behavior using a behavioral science lens. And we do that to help you find your groove. We're going to discuss the books that we
0: thought were most influential from our guests in 2023. So let's get started with one that really caught us by surprise. And this was by Nathan and Susanna Fur, The Upside of Uncertainty, A Guide to Finding Possibility in the Unknown. And Tim, uh, this was uh, one that just kind of snuck up on. I had I, not heard of Nathan and Susanna. Uh, it was really one of those books that kind of, I think, flew under the radar until we got a chance to read it.
1: Yeah, it, it was well written. And of course, like the big thing for me is that it was this science backed guide for navigating and thriving through uncertainty, right? So we've got all these situations in our world that are that are not familiar and we get really uptight about it. And what Nathan and Susanna did is really help me think about reframing uncertainty uh, and looking at it with a different lens so that I'm not thinking about it so much as just this awful thing, but as something that's really good. Yeah. I I,
0: I like how you talked about it's well written, but it also is science backed. And so They bring in a lot of really good research about uncertainty, but also very practical things, as you said, reframing, right? Looking Mm -hmm. at the two different types that talk about planned uncertainty and unplanned uncertainty and potentially building in planned uncertainty into your life uh, and being just more open to the potential that uncertainty has and that reframing of it, I think, is really important. As we go, and it's one of the reasons that I absolutely love this book. I've used some of the insights in this not only in my own life, but with my clients. Therefore, uh, it it was uh, our first pick, not maybe in first pick overall. They're all great on these these books, but uh, the first one we want to talk about here in in our top top ten, yeah, eleven books. There, I yeah, go.
1: okay. <laughs> and I just want to say that that. They help me think about uncertainty as something that can positively push new energy into my life. Yeah. Um, so I just want to really encourage people to think about it uh, from that perspective. Um, okay. So now let's discuss one of our favorite books on communication. Okay. And and that was Todd Rogers, "The Power of Brevity." And this was this was like a big bang, boom kind of experience for me because it was so um, so great to have all these sort of common ideas about how to write better, to be thinking about, the our, our, you know, writing with our readers uh, in, in, in mind. And yet, man, he just really absolutely nailed it and had great research to back it up and it had a tremendous effect on me. It was one of those really applicable books for me. It was
0: the one that I, so I shared this with my family. And so we were sitting around the dinner table and it was out there because I read over lunch sometimes. And so it was out there and I like, you guys got to understand this. And here's how you do and and how do you shorten up messages and why you should do that. And how do you look through all of those things? It was fantastic, um, really well written and really applicable. So if you're trying to improve your writing for today uh, with busy people and uh, everything that's going on, this was uh, a great book. Um, you know, and and really, really liked it. So,
1: yeah, I, I would also just want to add that, you know, the rules of writing have changed because our culture changes and what's acceptable and what's normal changes. And, and that uh, rather than being just a bunch of observations, Todd really just unmasked like the research behind what makes the guidelines for writing well in a world that is, you know, overrun with uh, social media. It just did a really, really great job.
0: Um, yeah, and, and I just want to—I mean, we we picked power of brevity, but the, uh, we also spoke with Matt Abrams about unlocking the power of effective communication. I can't remember exactly what his book was called, but uh-huh. another good book just on this topic. I think it's a very
1: relevant topic at this point, point. and so um, both were really great books. So, okay, now you and Mary had a great conversation with Yaël Yeah. I just, and I just—and I I, I want to hear your your comments about Yaël's book. Yeah, so. All
0: right. Her book is called Work, Parent, Thrive, 12 Science Back Strategies to Ditch Guilt, Manage Overwhelm and Grow Connection When Everything Feels Like Too Much. And what I loved about this book is it it's the everyday book. If you're a parent, this book resonates. It is one of those books that you go, yeah, I get this and I felt this. Maybe not everybody, but I, I, I know for me, it really resonated. And not only did we think this book was great, this book won the 2023 National Parenting Product Award winner, and it was uh, one of the finalists in the 2023 Next Generation Indie Book um, Awards. So uh, this book really nailed, I think, a lot of things, and I loved it um, just from its its message and
1: the practical applications of it. Uh, there were two things uh, that really struck me. And the first one was this uh, idea about uh, re- reinforcing something that we're already really familiar with, this idea of focusing on a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. In some ways, that it sounds kind of dumb, but I think Yael did it in a really, really great way. She wrote about it in a really effective way. And then secondly, and you and I have talked about this, is self-compassion. It's okay to have a bad day and to learn from it. And I felt like that was a really key thing. I, I I know that that's been important to you as well,
0: Kurt. Yeah, it has been. And I think there's another aspect that for me was really important is this idea that we're often, we feel this guilt. Like, do I have to choose between work? Do I have to choose between my job? You know, and I, I can't be everything to everybody. And there is that tension that many of us have. And we feel bad because I can't make it to, you know, your kid's baseball game. I can't make it to the PTA meeting because I have work or other obligations. And what Yale is saying and what the research shows, this is the key piece, is it's actually okay. Your kids are going to be fine. Your kids are actually going (laughs) to be potentially better for it. Um, And it's something, again, we know, but it's really nice uh, to be reminded of that. And so that's why, for me, this was a great book, really took it to heart. And uh, maybe it was just uh, rationalizing my poor parenting abilities, but I don't know. There you go. Don't over-index on the negative. (laughs) That's another (laughs) key piece that she talked about. There you go. Exactly. So uh, one other one that I want to talk about, and this was a return guest for us on the show, Jonah Berger. Um, And uh, we talked to him about uh, his book, Magic Words, What to Say... To get your way and what I loved about this is this idea and there's been a lot of kind of focus on this this year which is it's it's interesting how there's there's trends of, of different pieces and yeah and these concrete versus abstract words there's a big trend I think but Jonah nailed it um, and it's it, just this idea that certain words are more impactful than others they're better at changing minds. Uh, engaging people, you know, driving performance and behavior and action. And he calls those magic words. And how can we take advantage of that power? And this book really highlights some, not only the science behind it, but some really applicable ways of when to use concrete words, when to use abstract words, how to use them good, and what you can really do in order to make that difference.
1: You know, he also emphasized uh, framing and reframing. as, And this is a, another theme that we've seen a lot of uh, in, in books this year. But, you know, how you say things really changes the outcome of someone's reaction. Like like the difference between saying, um, I'm going to vote versus I'm a voter. Yeah. Or uh, I, I think I should help versus I'm a helper. Like those little reframes, I think, are just delightful. And, and Jonah did a great word, a great job of not only teeing up really cool ideas, but packaging them with both the science and sort of the impact in a really meaningful way. Yeah, I think to that point,
0: there's this application aspect of this book, which for me was really key. It wasn't just uh, the science behind this. It wasn't just the, uh, here's how, you know, here's the, here's the big picture. It got down into Here's how you actually do it. You can talk about being a voter versus voting, and you can use concrete words in these instances, but you use abstract words in these instances, yeah. and you bring up self-identity and these types of, it. so it was really, that was what I found really powerful
1: about it. Yeah. The the next book that I want to bring up is by another return guest, Paul Bloom, and his book is Psych. Uh, That's P-S-Y-C-H. And it's basically his uh, Psych 101 class, uh, you know, uh, repackaged. But I got to tell you, I loved it, not just for the nerdiness of it, but Paul's a a really good uh, narrator. He's a good storyteller and has really great narrative. And I really enjoyed how uh, it really covered sort of the fundamentals of psychology in a way that actually made sense to me. It was interesting because, and we've had this conversation
0: uh, as an aside, I, we might have even talked to him about it when we interviewed him, but he had a lot of Freud and Skinner in it, probably a little <laughs> bit more than my liking, again, knowing what, yeah. but, but what was interesting is he said, you know, that they're the foundation. I mean, you can't look at psychology today without knowing the history and they're the history, The this You know the the Freudian aspect. I mean, it's part of our language for that, and Skinner and the behaviorism of of the you know that whole movement. um, It was it 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 kind of changed the the trajectory of what we were of where psychology went. And
1: I thought it was really well done. Yeah, for better or for worse, by the way. Yeah, for yeah. and, and seeing that arc of how the field has changed dramatically in the last 150 years is, um, I think it's a meaningful way of, of coming at the at the work. Yeah. Um, okay. Our next book is also by uh, a, a returning guest, one of our one of our buddies, Christian Hunt, and he wrote the book called Humanizing Rules. And uh, oh, there it is. And we just love the fact that uh, that he has has finally written the book. Yeah, Uh, you know, on compliance. Uh, He's a friend and a colleague, and we're just really happy to to talk to him. But the book is really a a great way of rethinking this idea of compliance being all about the rules that sort of keep us in to thinking about the rules as a, a way to engage people. And so this is the thing I went into this and Christian. You can
0: yell at me later for this, but I went into this like really kind of dreading reading this book. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm like, going, I'm not a compliance officer. I don't care about, I, not that I don't oh, yeah. care about compliance, but it's not my thing. It's not the area that my expertise in. What I took out of this book is that the insights that, that Christian brings up, they're, they're not just about compliance. These are no. behavioral science principles about behavior and driving behavior. And, and there was one piece in there. Um, that was, uh, and I'm going to misquote this, so Christian, again, you can yell at me when, when you, you listen to this, is this idea of like, you know, we, we tend to write rules without taking the human into account. And you really have to take the human side of people when you are putting in these aspects. And if you don't do that, it, you know, of course your rules are going to be broken. People are going to be looking for, to break those rules. And that I thought was just, it, it's not just compliance. It is in leadership. It is about working with your kids. It is about, you know, everyday actions that your community, you know, organization,
1: whatever it would be, man, it was insightful. Well, and, uh, agreed. Agreed. And all the things that he says about compliance, typically coming from this place of don't do this, don't do that. This is out of bounds, this is off limits. He asked the question, well, why should we do this? Yes. Or that. You know? And I again, I love that it's a reframing and and Christian did a fantastic job of it. So the next book that we're gonna talk about is
0: Adam Alters, Anatomy of a Breakthrough, How to Get Unstuck When It Matters Most. And for those watching youtube here it is the great book there um and i like this because as adam talks about we all get stuck right you get writer's block you get stuck in a rut all of those things and we're not that good at getting unstuck and adam
1: brings in ways to get unstuck that was great you know i'll you know, and I love that he's using uh, really great behavioral science research uh, yep. to, uh, for, for these observations. So it's not just, it, it's just not um, sort of uh, back of the napkin kind of ideas. He, it's thoroughly well-researched and uh, well-written. Adam's a ter- uh, terrific uh, writer. Um, and he talks about friction audits, which yeah. I think is a really cool way of just starting to think about, well, where, where is there, uh, where, where do I have a headwind in my life? That I could really rethink and and that is that is sticking me. That is making me get stuck right here because I think that's that's a critical part of of it is some diagnosis.
0: Yeah, I I agree one hundred percent. And the ideas that he has in there are very again this is one of again a reoccurring theme that we're doing is hey there's science but there's also practical applications. So yeah. Uh, any, any striving authors out there that want to get on our top 10 list, you
1: know, science
0: and application. There you go. That's <laughs> how you get there.
1: That, that is it. what it seems like. Okay. Our next book is from a couple of our heroes. Uh, Dan Simons and Chris Shevery wrote, Nobody's Fool, Why We Get Taken In and What We Can Do About It. And it's a fantastic read. Uh, I think that it's just absolutely terrific in that these, these two guys who have been collaborating for Twenty-five plus years uh, are just mon- monsters in the world of behavioral science, and um, and I'm, I'm really glad that they tackled this particular topic. When it, in when we live in a world of such tremendous amount of misinformation and disinformation and scams, and who do we believe? And they tackled those issues really, really well. I think in this
0: book, and and I like it too. Like you said, they're they're heroes, and they're. You know the the hidden gorilla and and all of that has been really great. And this you know blindness that we have the um, uh, what's it called you inattentive you, blindness, inattentive yeah. blindness right. This idea where we focus too much and we can lose sight of other things. This is really taking it to that next level and uh, looking at why do we get fooled right? Why do right. we get taken in? And so understanding that helps us. Be able to combat it to a certain degree, and again, that has really resonated with me as we as we're looking at, as you said, these days and a- days and ages where misinformation is rampant out there. Scams are. I mean, I, I follow a Reddit uh, group that is all about trying to keep scammers on on like text messages to try to get them as going as long as they can, to so they're not you know, scamming others and, you know, so egging them on. So they're spending more and more time with you, uh, which is fascinating. Um, but this idea that we get, you know what, for all the ones that we recognize, there are ones out there that we don't. And and why does yeah. that happen? We get taken
1: in a lot. And this is really kind of explains some of those reasons. So Well, and they ask and answer, I think one of the most important questions then is who do we trust? Yeah. And, and I think that they do a, a absolutely terrific job of that. Yeah. Um, our next book is just, uh, was, uh, super fun because it really caught us both off guard. Your Future Self by Hal Hirschfield. Um, this is such a cool idea. I would just, I, I just about beg all of our listeners to go out and get this one because it's so challenging in thinking about dealing with this blind spot that we have that we think, oh, the future? Sure. It's going to be a lot like the way it is today. Now, Dan Gilbert, you know, 15 years ago, you know, gave us evidence that we're terrible at predicting our future. It's actually I think... longer than that, 25 years ago. I Maybe think. it was 25 like, yeah. years ago. Okay. So, but Hal wrote a beautiful book about this, this particular issue. And I'm really glad that he shared it. And I, I really want to ask people to think about if you care about your future, read this book. Well, and what,
0: what Hal is talking about is this idea that if we can tap into our future self and we want a better future for ourselves, that then it actually impacts our behavior today. And we don't do that enough. We don't look at our futures. Again, it, our, our future self is a different person. And so it doesn't have, that's a whole different person out there, at least the way our brain processes that information in various different pieces. And so how do you make that more real? How do you make that that future self more you?
1: And I, it was really well done and, and really loved it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, he, and of course he got to this idea that there's multiple me's, you know, that that over the course of my life, There's not just one me, there's multiple me's, but they all kind of exist along the same path. So uh, I'm just super excited about recommending that book. Yeah.
0: Um, Book number 10 is uh, Attention Span, A Groundbreaking Way to Restore Balance, Happiness, and Productivity by Gloria Mark. Uh, It was one of the more recent uh, last kind of episodes that we did this year. Um, Found it really fascinating, this idea... Of attention span. And so Gloria studied this for 20 plus years and looking at attention and how it's changed. And that was the fascinating part for me is just, you know, we hear about this. We we we, you know, it's kind of anecdotal. Oh, our attention spans are shrinking all this different pieces. She brings the research. Yeah. She brings the research into this. She says. You know, I mean, looking at it, it's like 47 seconds. I think that's and if I misquote that, I apologize. But, you know, we've gotten down to about 47 seconds where our attention span before we're, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> squirrel, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and she does it through, like, the research that they've done on social media and following people's eye movements and tracking and various, I mean, lots of different methodologies that highlight that and then talks about the implications
1: for it and i thought that was really good two things for me the first is uh, she did a great job of uh letting me know that that, that stupid story about humans don't have as much uh a, a focus as goldfish is bunk so <laughs> let's start there and then and the second thing that i loved reading this book because i gloria does a great job of integrating this very complex person of who she is into the book and all of her interests and the things that, that sort of the path that she took, I found incredibly interesting and, and valuable in the overall story of, of attention span. It was, it was really well written. So I, uh, again, another strong recommendation for that. Yeah. And, and, and okay. once again, I will go back to, all right, we
0: talked about the science already, but she brings in some practical things, this idea that we're not built to be this hyper-focused being oh, human right, that right. can really focus, so you know what, ninety minutes is about the most, and then you need a break. And if you take that break, you actually come back more productive than others. So there's some really practical applications in this book. So again, highly recommend people go out
1: and and yeah. get um, attention span. So okay, let's round out our top ten books with the number eleven book, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> Because we're uh, so good at math,
1: Tim—that's that's, that's uh, our thing. N- not my strength. Of uh, Thomas Curran's. I want—I'd like to just end on Thomas Curran's book, *The Perfection Trap: Embracing the Power of Good Enough*. Boom! Just let that <laughs> settle in, right? Embracing the power of good enough. I thought that that was fantastic. Thomas, again, a really well-written book. Like this was such a joy to read, and the whole thesis of the idea that perfectionism. We've known that it's it's an evil agent uh, yeah. you know in, in our lives for a long time but Thomas does a great job of revealing the science behind why it's such an evil agent and uh, I was really really glad to really really happy to read that book and and to promote it as well and and for me it was that the book
0: embraces the idea of satisfying.
1: and oh yeah
0: all right that's my world maybe maybe it's a you know rationalization that. Hey I I'm, I'm not striving to be perfect as anybody who listens to this podcast or watches these YouTube videos
1: knows, right? I mean, that's that's we're, we're not there. But striving for mediocrity is much easier, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and actually yeah. not even reaching that is is where we are. So there you go. So but exactly. this idea that as you said that the curse of perfectionism in, and and Thomas brings in some really good research about all the psychological negative aspects that that has on people who have that type of personality who are striving for it. and yeah. this really goes to show that hey if you really want to live a, a, a really good life that is happy and then you know you have great well-being um satisfying is a is probably a good tool to use in order to achieve that and as we've talked and we've talked a lot about finding your groove and a groove you know being this better life that you live being the life that is going to be uh one that's true to yourself but also one that brings you the most satisfaction and joy and well-being in the long run this idea of uh, satisficing and the not having everything always be, but not saying that you can't be perfect in trying or strive for perfection in some aspects. True. But if that is the overarching thing, uh, that is not an easy way to find your group. And so uh, it fits in with our philosophy.
1: And after that lovely epistle, I would just like to say to our Groovers, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening. And, uh, thanks for, uh, being a groover in 2023 we hope that you continue in 2024 we've got lots of great stuff planned Uh, so with that we hope that these books can help you this year help you go out and find your groove